Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Cross Wires. It's James here. For some reason, I almost forgot what show I'm recording today. <laughs> it's been one of those weeks, folks. You know, speaking of recording, my guest this week is a returning guest, and incredibly grateful for um, him joining us at relatively short notice. Um, although, well, we'll come to that in a moment. Please welcome back to the show, Zach Moreno from Squadcast. I appreciate you having me back on, James. It's my pleasure. That's all right. I only took an email from July to, uh, <laughs> to organize this. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I don't know if I want to drop Zach in it. I do. So I met Ariel Nissenblatt a couple of months ago, and she said, um, has, has Zach been getting back to your emails? I'm like, no. She says, oh, no, it's just Zach. So you got dropped in I'll, by your community manager. I'll be mate. even more specific. It's it's just email. I, I am notorious for despising email, so... I appreciate you being patient with me. Ah, it's all good. So we wanted to get you back on the show because obviously the last time you were on, we talked a little bit about what was going to be coming for Squadcast version 5. Well, it's been several months and version 5 has launched mostly without issue, but there's a few things we wanted to talk about. And first of all, a little bit of transparency. Now, we've been holding off sort of making this public because we wanted to frame it correctly, and I wanted to have a chat with Zach about how we frame it. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, Jay has been, and Jay will be here, but she's actually, unfortunately, working at the moment in her day job, so she does send her apologies. But Jay's been quite heavily... Next one. Yeah, Jay's been heavily, quite heavily involved in the Squadcast community for quite a while. And I correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Jay one of the, one of the reasons why you have a pronouns field? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, several reasons too, but I think that, uh, I think I kind of consulted with Jay before we launched it or when it was in beta because, you know, it's just something that we, uh, we didn't want to make any assumptions about like getting right, getting wrong. There's kind of some, it's a newer UX pattern, right? And this being a communication platform, we felt like it was really important that we help people identify however they want and be identified however they like. And, um, and that's something that, yeah, um, Jay's been early on giving us feedback and that's a, it's a long, long-term relationship with, uh, with Squadcast community. So it's, it's really great that, um, you know, we have, we have people like Jay and yourself and others in the community who can give us feedback when we, uh, you know, we want to make sure we have something really nailed before we ship some, some things we can just kind of test out there. Other things, you know, we, we need to, we need to make sure we're doing things really, really right. Absolutely. And a great example of that, you know, I've said before how great the Squadcast community is, and particularly the Squad Pod. But I've been working with, you know, talking with some of your, your devs. That's one of the best things your devs are in the Squad Pod. Yeah, our whole team. You know, figuring out some API issues like, okay, why all of a sudden is Savical now forcing video and audio recording for all our shows? Not a huge deal, but it's just understanding my use case. But Part of sort of that early access and that feedback has meant that obviously we need a squadcast account to be able to test it. So I just want to make it really clear. Zach and my team are very kindly providing us with the studio plan. So we don't pay anything for our squadcast plan at the moment. And that's a really generous thing from a team to do. And we will always be trying, try and always be transparent about where we're getting things, uh, either for free or discounted. I just thought we wanted to make that clear. And I want to try and be as unbiased as we can when we, when we chat. And I think Zach from our interactions in squad pod, you know that I want to, I won't hold back if I, if there's something wrong. 
Well, that's why this is a really cool relationship is because you don't hold back. And, you know, that ground truth of what it's like to be in Squadcast recording, you know, all the time regularly is something that we practice uh, in our team. But there's no real substitute for just, you know, uh, creators creating. So that is, uh, yeah, part of the part of the benefit of the squad pod community and the 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 group there that, you know, is really, really active in Slack is, is, um, yeah, it's access to our engineers. It's access to things early. Uh, it's questions about things that we have kind of two or three ideas for, but we're not sure which one would serve people the best. Uh, there's a ton of interesting things going on in addition to creators helping each other with equipment and guests and all the jobs that we have. Um, the Squadcast platform is something that's always developing and evolving. And that's where, you know, the conversation and, and listening uh, really comes to life. So, um, lots of, lots of ideas there. And a lot of that came to life in V5 and, uh, you know, has, uh, has been impactful for where we're going from there too. Absolutely. I mean, great example. The last time we recorded together, you did a manual squad shot by doing a screen capture of the browser window. But now, we have oh yeah yeah like literally i went because when i was redoing a new site when i was doing a new site i'm like that doesn't look like a normal squad pad i'm like oh no zach did a screenshot of that because that's something that's in v5 so in version 5 we have this wonderful button but basically our workflow is at the start of the episode before we even hit record i said to our guests hey you know let's do a squad shot click the button and it grabs an image what's really cool i know we talked about this um, maybe I think we talked about this post show last time, but it does a composite image which looked mm-hmm. great and has your show's branding and everything like that and Squadcast branding. But then it also gives you individual images of each guest, and that's great um, for use with maybe artwork generation tools. And um, the Castos team have just mm-hmm. launched something recently, and I, I've, the name of it's completely slipped my head. It's a free artwork generation tool. Now, of course, you know, you could just grab your images from the Squadcast dashboard and use those in that artwork generation, and it looks fantastic. So, you know, just another great V5. That's cool. Yeah, it works really well. So, anyway, let's before we dive into some of the what's cool about V5, with V5s that came, I think it's fair to say, a simplification of pricing. That's right. That was our goal. Um, and... You know, tell me if you feel like it was more complex or something like that. But that was certainly our goal is uh, we had different pricing for like audio versus video as one example, you know, and that's where I think the biggest kind of uh, simplification came from was that video is now just kind of part of the old audio plans is kind of how I think of it. Uh, we treat we treat video more like a feature instead of a separate product in our pricing. It was always kind of in our same product, like just, you know, same button you push and you get more files. Uh, in addition to audio, you get the video. But um, but in our pricing, it was it was two separate things because our pricing, our costs for video versus audio were two very different things, let's say. <laughs> and um, our, our engineers have made a, a ton of optimizations to bringing our costs down to get those videos rendered very quickly was something that was important to us on day one for video. That turned out to be a fairly expensive uh, operation. So that's where uh, where we had to adjust our pricing in the beginning. But over time, uh, now having video on the platform, I think for close to two, almost two years now, 
we've made a number of optimizations that allowed us to bring our costs and therefore the price way down. And uh, that's fantastic because we see in our data more creators rec- uh, creating video now that um, is you know reaching new audiences and helping them grow their shows. Absolutely. And the price points are really simple. $20 is now, let me get this right. That's audio only, isn't it? $20. That's right. Yeah. The first, the indie plan is the only one that is uh, audio only currently. Okay. Now, just to be 100% clear, you still get video in the conversation that we're having. It's just not recorded. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And Squadcast from day one has had video for the, uh, we call this, you know, the conversation, uh, separate from the recording. So yeah, you have body language and eye contact and all that, um, whatever plan you're on. Those are, those are everyone features. It's really important because you can get a sense of when a guest is about to speak. Um, you can get a guest of when maybe a guest, a get an idea of when a guest maybe needs to go and get a cup of tea or take a, you know, a break or when something goes drastically wrong with your audio. So if I started seeing smoke coming out of, um, Zach's interface right now, I know we, we need to take a break. Yeah. You know, especially with more than two people, like, uh, with, with one other person, you can kind of read when people want to speak and things like that. But once you get, um, Squadcast can connect up to 10 people to record audio and video together. So that, uh, once you get to that third and fourth person, the, uh, the video also starts to serve as kind of like, um, indication of, you know, who's going to speak when and you get fewer collisions that way. And that's why on conference calls and things you hear people all like pause for a second and then everybody starts to try to talk in that, <laughs> in that space because you don't see the other people trying to, uh, kind of lean in and, that's what we've found on the Squadcast recording a platform is uh, seeing people, you know, communicates on many levels. Genuinely, I am impressed by the way the video video is delivered. You know, you get, uh, you can have an MP4, which has the video. And then if you want to be fancy, you can have a WebM, which doesn't have the audio, which, because if you're going to mix your audio independently, great. It, it works really well. And of course, there are the cloud recordings, which we talked about last time. Now, they are the effectively the save our bacon recordings if something went wrong with the locals. And I very, very rarely, and it's something we'll talk about in the sort of a V5 launch, have had issues with local recordings. But those cloud recordings just come in, in so handy. And of course, there is an option to get just a, a full mix of everyone. You know, it's like a conference video, but again, individual tracks. So you can take it into whatever app you want. With DaVinci launching Resolve onto uh, the iPad Pro, you really are starting to get some powerful... You know, this show, it, the audio is entirely produced on an iPad using Ferrite, and I cannot say enough how much I love Ferrite. Version 3 literally came out earlier this month. So good. We're hoping to have the team from Juice on the show, or one of the devs from Juice to come and talk about it. But anyway, going back to Squadcast. Nice. So when we go to the Pro Plan, which is $40 a month, that gives you video, that gives you... Now, let me get this right. Five on stage? That's right, yeah. I believe it's uh, three, five, and ten, I believe. And that's a that's number of people that you can record with and collaborate with uh, recording audio and video. There's kind of part of V5 was also adding in addition to people recording who are like on mic on camera. We also have backstage. So people just watching and listening. You also get uh, more people who can join your recording sessions, but in the backstage. Uh, so. Yeah, you can have three people on stage, three people backstage, or, you know, 10, uh, 10 people 
whatever your plan uh, that you're on. I'll give a really good use case for when that's really handy. So when we had Helen Horseman-Allen on the show from Fastmail, one of her PR team asked if they could sit in on the recording. Well, obviously, we didn't really want their PR team being... Yeah, very common. being so, Yeah, being on camera and being part of the recording. And I don't think they wanted that either. They just wanted to be able to watch to make sure, you know, she didn't say anything too controversial. So we just sent them a backstage invite. Jay, you know, our co- my co-host, um, will... Uh, often be sat backstage if she's maybe coming back from work and she can join a recording later she'll just drop into backstage what does scare me as show admin is that she can bring herself on stage mm-hmm. that's happened post show once and it scared, scared me to <laughs> ever like suddenly jay pops up on the on the feed but it is a great it's a great feature you could like stop recording you could change people's equipment there's a lot of controls you can do from the uh from the backstage. Well, uh, let me restate that. You can prompt people to change their equipment and things like that. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot uh, that can be really cool about the backstage. Well, of course, yeah, Jay, Jay knows, knows her stuff about production. So not wanting to, yeah, prematurely hit that stop button, but it's, um, it's something that we've seen creators first kind of, uh, I don't know if we did the best job of communicating the benefits of it. Like if you, if, if you've experienced what you just described, I think a lot of people just said, Oh, cool. That's exactly what I've kind of wanted. And those people end up joining kind of before we had backstage, they would join the session just like everybody else, except they'd kind of mute and turn their camera off. But yeah, it just, it takes up one of the seats and if you have a large production crew uh just you know it's kind of waste to to record their file and just kind of throw it away although we do have people who um, do things like that too so it's pretty pretty interesting and we have a lot of interesting plans for how uh the backstage experience will continue to evolve well that's something i want to ask you about but you mentioned something that's i i know i don't know if this was it, my memory's going i'm uh, getting towards my old age in previous versions was it as easy to see what equipment people were using i don't believe it was you could see what device people had selected and there was kind of one way to do that right it was like kind of click on their name and you could see the equipment that they had selected if they changed their equipment it would change um, so that, that's good, right? That's more than you get in something like Zoom or Skype. Um, but, you know, we wanted to go farther than that. And this being a proper cloud recording studio, equipment matters way more. Um, which device I'm using? Am I using this device or, you know, this, this other mic over here? So that's where that transparency was kind of a first step, but we knew that we wanted to go farther than that. And in, in V5, Actually, one of the minor updates after V5, we've shipped many since then. Um, it's been about five, a little bit over five months now, I think. And one of the features that we've added since V5 rolled out is the ability to not just see other people's equipment, but uh, to see all of their available devices and then switch for them, prompt them to switch their device, which is how... Um, we deal with the, uh, the question of security. So as you can imagine, if, uh, if you could just change my camera from this Canon to my built in, you're probably going to get like a different angle of me. Yeah. You're going to get different things in the shot. And I may not want that. Right. So, uh, this could be a, a, a privacy concern, but what we've done instead is that you, you can, 
like click on the microphone drop down for your guest. You can select a different microphone than the one they're using. And it doesn't change it right away. What it does is it, it prompts them to say, to politely say, Hey, uh, you know, uh, Jay wants to change your microphone to this other device. Do you want to accept or, or decline that offer? And you don't have to do anything other than click that button to switch your equipment around. And we find this really, really helps with, uh, with, you know, kind of helping relieve the pressure from guests to kind of get their equipment set up all on their own. And, and I think that that's something that's very unique to Squadcast. I don't even think others in our category have tried to copy that yet. And it's, uh, it's something that, yeah, you're just never going to see in like Zoom. I think it's, uh, it's something that's unique to Squadcast. And it is, and you make a really good point, but you've got the guest who maybe is a great guest. And, you know, we are a technology podcast. So to an extent, we somewhat expect our guests to know what they're doing in terms of setting audio equipment up. But you might, you know, there are lots of shows recorded on Squadcast. The whole point of Squadcast is that it makes recording any type of show super easy. And, you know, even though mm-hmm. technically speaking, iOS is still in beta. For now. <laughs> for now. Well, we had an episode recorded where Jay was li- literally, in fact, it was our fast mail episode. It was our episode with Helen. And Jay was literally sat out in the lounge on her iPad recording the entire session and it does work there are a few caveats and it's mostly down to i think without getting too deep into this rabbit hole safari has its challenges shall we say certainly in things like WebRTC. um but i know from from when we've spoken before that you guys have quite a good relationship with apple to work on that sort of stuff which is you know encouraging and it's good you know again yeah. that transparency helps yeah thankfully it's open you know WebKit and Safari are open source. So to some degree, there's visibility there, but the team at Apple still prioritizes their own workload, uh, as you can imagine. And there's different focuses at different times. Um, in a company that size, you're always going to have, you know, complexity, competing stuff. But, you know, I would say that Safari is probably still the farthest behind out of all the browsers with their kind of WebRTC plus audio plus video stuff, but they've come a long way faster than anybody else. So it might even be a toss up between Firefox and Safari nowadays um, in that in that camp. There's a number of frustrating things that Firefox just should and does not do that are kind of ridiculous or things that they do differently that we have to kind of work around and, and, and deal with. But yeah, none of our customers really have to worry about that. It's more just kind of uh, how we make things happen uh, across all those different browsers. But yeah, there's the, I would say that the iOS beta, iOS is still considered beta, not because of its stability, but because of like two or three feature tweaks we want to make to the platform in particular. Uh, like we want to default to active speaker. Um uh, as, as the layout on, on iPhone in particular, because the iPhone just, as soon as you render two videos at once, um, or more, it, it really just like, it heats up. It really starts to struggle. You see all of the performance metrics start to respond negatively to it. And, um, you know, Squadcast, you could have 10 people on the screen. So, <laughs> so yeah. it could get really hairy. And, um, we do this kind of 
active speaker switching, but what we really want to do is just have like one video that is the, uh, the active speaker and switch between that. And some of the tweaks we've been making under the hood with our, our, our Dolby, uh, integration are setting us up to make that happen very soon here. So that, that, um, yeah, has been in beta. It'll be a year, very like in a week or two, uh, probably a week. Um, cause it was right before Christmas last year. So, um, yeah, I think that should come off in Q1 is my, my guess. The iPad is particularly awesome. Yes, no disagreement there. I'm going to show you something a little bit direct, and it's it's um, something I hadn't mentioned before the show, but it just came to mind. When Jay said, oh, Squadcast are getting an iOS beta, my first thought is, oh, wonderful, test flight, we're going to have a Squadcast app. I'm assuming the yeah. reason that's not the case is going back to that whole simplicity of recording, not making your guests install an app from the App Store just to record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Is the the web provides the most accessible experience possible out of all the different platforms that you could release uh, an app on. That's where our focus has been. But I, I also would say that we've kind of we've built our technology in a way where I wouldn't rule out and uh, a, a native app in addition to the web. But we find it kind of ridiculous that. Uh, you would have a, a, a native app only and no and no web app. So there's some of our competitors who are in that situation, and it's, <laughs> I find it really weird, uh, really weird choice. But yeah, we want Squadcast to be accessible everywhere. I'd love to say, hey, smart speaker, uh, connect me with James so that we can record a podcast. Everybody has these high-powered quality microphones that you can buy at Target for like 20, 30 bucks, uh, it's not. It's a microphone array with native hardware background noise reduction, uh, which is probably better than what my mic can do. Maybe what your mic can do, and um, and those devices are ubiquitous. They're already everywhere. People have them in their house. So, like, if if everybody who had one of those smart speakers could just start creating a podcast by talking to somebody through it, that would all of a sudden you don't even have to go and buy a microphone. You already have one. And, um, you know, it's, it's really good quality compared to the things in our, our cameras or our, our computers. That's, I hadn't thought about that. I love that idea. And we were talking pre-show about, you know, Squadcast being accessible. Look, you know, we, me and Jay have now got Steam Decks and, um, Jay, the engineer, who's a yeah. squad podder, I think you, you were saying actually came up to your podcast movement and actually showed you, Hey, um, Squadcast is running on the Steam Deck. The Steam Deck is an x86 or x64, whatever. Um, computer, it can run Chromium, it can run Firefox, it's got USB-C, you can plug a USB hub into it and plug in a webcam, plug in an interface. Um, huge, of course, plug there for the Vocaster 1, because again, incredibly portable for this sort of stuff. Uh, and USB-C, so you don't even need an adapter. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I guess you, you would if you wanted a camera, I suppose, as oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. But good point. If you're just doing audio, yeah, why not? You could just do that. So lots of accessibility. Before we, because there's so much I want to talk about, but I'm very much aware we want to stay a little bit focused. Let's go talk a little bit about the V5 launch and sort of the, shall we say, the, the launch problems. Because we've, look, I've worked in software, I've worked for support, and no initial release of software is ever bug-free. In fact, Let's just be really honest. No software is ever bug-free. As hard as anyone yeah. tries, no software is bug-free. And there were a few issues. What was that like for yourself and the team? Uh, how did that feel? I guess two questions. Like, what have you learned? 
and from a you know when we talk about you know one of our big messages at Crosswise is treating people with respect did you have any issues with people being maybe being not as kind as they should have been well i mean it's the internet so you're always going to get you know a wide array of uh of voices that's cool i think that it can be it's kind of the innovator's dilemma right you you want to make improvements people are asking you to make improvements but the process of making improvements is to introduce change and change if not you know properly managed can can really go in weird directions so that's where uh it can be a bit of tug of war between keeping things the way they are for people who are comfortable with that and the people uh who want to uh, push things forward uh which as a technologist i'm kind of in the extreme camp of early adopters and things so i i have a bit of a, a different problem i have like the curse of knowledge right i i know exactly how squadcast is supposed to work what's not supposed to happen all that stuff and uh that can make it difficult um because i'm inherently just i'm i'm i can't shed that i can't just turn that off and uh that's a different perspective than than our customers. And then even amongst our customers, there's a number of different perspectives. There's a number of different use cases, right? The, the audiobook crew is going to have different things than the podcast crew and, and video and, you know, all of the things that, um, that people are, uh, creating on the Squadcast platform. So, uh, so what we always focus on is providing a, a clear path forward for people and that they don't feel caught off guard and that we can communicate these changes are going to happen because, the behavior on Squadcast is to invite people and kind of set things up in advance and then record. So, you know, it, it, it's very timely, like things have to work right when you are connecting. And then there's also like, it's, it can be difficult to schedule things like maintenance windows, right? Is something people may have run into in the, the early days of the web. Like this is under construction, things like that. We try not to do that because our customers book things in advance. And so we try to always achieve what's called a dark rollout and uh, roll out these features so they don't impact anybody and we can always roll back. And, you know, I can talk at length about the different things that we do to deploy updates that are designed to not rock the boat for customers. But with V5, we also were ambitious in that we wanted to, we wanted to migrate from one database to another. And that for anybody who's ever updated software of, of any kind, a database migration just kind of turns it up to 11. Uh, if it's, you know, if it's already, if it's already kind of like changes that you, uh, you want to make, that's kind of, you know, you got to be on your on point for that. There's uh, if you if you're working with database and data, it's a whole different you know ball game. So this was also the first database migration that Squadcast, uh, the platform has has done. Uh, so there was there was that piece of it as well, and and thankfully that went off pretty well. Uh, but there were some side effects that were a little tricky for us to track down. So you know, in the in the days and weeks following v5 thankfully you know i'm proud to say that uh none of the the issues that we kind of shipped on day one um and found out about shortly you know after more people started using it thankfully zero none of those issues were kind of on a scale where they affected everyone um there were kind of 
uh, things that were localized or, um, or only kind of, you know, if you had this combination of settings and, and things like that. Right. So that's where, uh, we work hard to get it in front of that. And we have our beta and people like you and Jay in, in the beta to give us feedback, but there's no substitute for, for getting it out into the real world. So that's where, um, that's where we were focused on, uh, on just moving really quickly, right? And uh, and addressing and being transparent with people, uh, you know. Um, but we're not going to put anything out there that's like not safe to record with, or you know, is going to introduce any kind of like extra anxiety. But just kind of changing the pixels around on people, depending on who you are, right? That can have different effects on people. And there, there were little issues, you know, little API issues. Like, um, let's just be really honest, Savical broke for a short period of time. That's that's right because of the data and that one was a, a bit tough for me in particular because I thought that was one that we had figured out <laughs> that we would uh, that we were ahead of that one um, but for you know combination of reasons the uh, the APIs uh, the backwards compatibility didn't quite go as planned it's it's yeah it's patched up now thanks to the teams at Captivate and SavvyCal and and for customers like like y'all for being patient with us for the, uh, the time it takes to kind of get that stuff plugged back together. I will say this. Uh, one benefit is absolutely had is it's taught me a lot more about how to use Zapier. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And we, we use Zapier at Squadcast and part of the V5 update was not just the API version two, uh, because we had this new data model, right? We had to update the the API to version two. So that's great. It expanded the number of endpoints. It expanded the number of webhooks that people can use. And then we also got our official uh, listing on the, the Zapier kind of marketplace. Yeah. Um, which was kind of in this, they have like this process where you got to kind of go through before you get officially listed. And um, it was like an alpha before that with our V1 API. So that was another piece that... Um, it's really great. We we added the Descript integration in V5 as well, and uh, and then with the the Zap, right? There's a ton of the ecosystem that that opens up is like thousands of other apps that you can connect Squadcast to now. Well, until Google made some changes to the Google Drive API APIs recently, I was able to whenever a recording like the one we're doing now, wherever a new recording file was available, I was able to send that to Google Drive, and then my NAS, I'm pointing it the wrong direction, it's now out there. Um, my NAS would then pull down those recordings as a backup. Worked great until Google changed things. So not a, not a Squadcast issue. Um, but because you exposed so many endpoints, I was able to do some really cool things with, you know, that functionality. And, you know, you mentioned Descript. You've got, I love Descript. I mean, it struggles with my accent. Um, we, for, for transparency, we will be using Descript for transcription. We've, we've decided Jay is going to be doing our transcription. And although we won't do a direct squadcast integration, we're going to send stuff up afterwards. It does mean that, you know, we've got so many options there. Now, V5, you know, it has been fantastic. I have to say it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it. Now, thank you. One thing that we recently discovered because we were able to move to, to the studio plan, Zach was saying pre-show, it's been there since about version 3.5, but and Zach's hinted at this Dolby. So now, well, since then, now we're actually mastering our audio in Squadcast with Dolby, and there's a load of components to this, but it takes away 
so much of a post-production. The amount of less work I'm having to do, because before I was running everything through, you know, Orphonic on my desktop, you know, Mm. then maybe doing bits in my door on my iPad. But now, I just love this. Now, this is non-destructive, so it keeps the original files and then creates secondary file. It creates a copy, which is the mastered copy. That's right. Am I right? That also creates a new copy of the video as well with the new mastered... Yeah, that's actually, it's interesting you say that because I think just yesterday or the day before, Dolby updated it to now accept videos. So we are, I think that's out or that's about to be out, um, where you can send videos through Dolby Mastering as well and it'll work the same way. Um, wow. And the audio in our Squadcast videos is, um, is not, is, it's not, any lesser quality than the primary audio recordings. It's the same recording. So that is, um, that is something that, yeah, I, I, we've had customers kind of frustrated that in the past, like, Hey, I can, I can master the audio alone, but I want to master the audio in my video. So now that's something that, um, you can just select files that have videos in your workflow drawer on Squadcast and send them over to Dolby and they'll show up there for you. So nice. It's such, and we were talking pre-show about just how much it actually does. You know, it does uh, volume. It does. I'm going to get some results. Does volume leveling. It does noise reduction. Uh, it tries to remove plosives if you know maybe you don't have a pop filter. It does so much. Yeah, and I, I love it. I now that's only available at the moment on the studio plan and. It, I mean, it's worth it. But l- let's talk a little bit about... There's two things I want to talk about. I'll start with the easy one. When I, you know, think about Squadcast, my mind instantly goes to podcasts. That's the mm-hmm. type of content creator. But I think you and, and certainly the team have started to show, actually, it's far more... You mentioned audiobooks. Well, it makes perfect sense. Be able to work remotely, particularly in the last couple of years, be able to work remotely and get great quality audio from your audiobook narrator makes perfect sense youtubers i know uh, i know alex uh you know our charging status co-host he uses squadcast to record his video interviews for his youtube channel mm, nice well it makes perfect sense because you know you're getting um out of a box by default it's 720p but you can turn on 1080p um i think correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> the only reason but that's a, a off by default is bandwidth yeah we've kind of fear that people just bigger number better and then you know kind of put themselves or their guests in a situation where it's a bit too much for their network so yeah we want it to be something that is like opt-in um because those files are so much larger and uh uh occasionally we'll see 4k files come through where uh, (laughs) like our system isn't necessarily like set up for that that apparently works and our you know we've made some tweaks to our back end that oh wow uh actually renders those those 4k files they take a little longer but i mean we just saw one earlier today a single file was over nine gigs uh for this video so wow you know this is uh this is one out of those 10 participants <laughs> you know so that's the uh the size files we're talking about here when you start to uh yeah opt into those higher video qualities I dread to see your cloud storage bill. I I would I don't know how you look at that. Or do you just try not to look at the cloud storage bill? Like, <laughs> it's okay, it's all good. It's all good. It's been paid for. 
Yeah, we are, you know, we're, we're a self-funded company. So keeping our costs managed is a huge part of that. Uh, it can get, it can get out of control if you don't. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but you know, things that maybe people will overlook is not only have you got audio and video, but as was demonstrated at a recent squad pod, um, business hours event, screen sharing is available as well. And that is on everything. So it's on my in, uh, no, so it's on my pro and my studio plans. Now, question for you: How what sort of resolution is that capturing at seven twenty p as well? Is that sort of scaling, or is how's that working? In, how does that work in terms of the, the resolution of a video capture? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, so all the plans can share screen and see share screen. The screen share won't be recorded unless you're on a video a plan that has video recording. So that would be. Pro and studio, but everybody can screen share. Um, and, and then, yeah, if you have a video recording uh, and you share while you're recording, um, it'll capture that as like a third stream. And the resolution will be just whatever window or screen you choose to share, it'll be at that resolution. If, I'm, if I've got a 1080p display, it's going to capture yes. about 1080 Wow, or window. That's right. And that opens this up to a lot more. So, you know, to my mind, I am absolutely going to start using this for doing potential videos where it's it's actually a lot easier to use Squadcast than worrying about setting up OBS or, you know, worrying about the overheads of setting up additional things. And, of course, it's then all synced because you've got the video, yeah. you've got the audio, and you've got the screen cap. Now, the screen cap doesn't contain audio, but of course, it will be because it's recorded in the same tra- frame, the same time window. It's going to be mostly in sync. I think there, there was a slight issue earlier, earlier, uh, maybe about a month or two ago, with something Google changed in the WebRTC implementation that meant some recordings got a little bit out of sync. That was a that was a fun message. It was only on Mac as well, and I, rem- I remember the messaging on that one. Like, yeah, this is a bit of a fun one. I'm grateful for that one though, because it, it led to some optimizations in our, in our working through kind of working around that problem and getting an update out to, to fix it. Um, it's one of the only, it's, it's happened two or three times where the browser vendors actually have shipped a regression in their, in their, um, platform. And, you know, we, we got to deal with that as quickly as we can. And sometimes they're not fast. So that one we, we did. Uh, we did work out a solution too, and it, it actually ended up um, speeding up our video rendering. I think something I announced on my my Twitter a little while ago was that um, some of the optimizations our our engineers had worked out increased our video rendering by fifteen thousand percent. Fifteen hundred percent. My apologies, not fifteen thousand. Fifteen hundred. Still an impressive number. Like fifteen. It's crazy. Yeah. So the let me pull let me pull this up just because I don't want to like restate misstate it, but yeah, one thousand four hundred ninety four percent faster. A thirty minute video used to take close to twelve minutes to render. Now they take only forty eight seconds on Squadcast. So that is a fourteen you know fifteen hundred percent. Uh, faster increase and it's uh it's bananas because it's just how quickly you get your file uh, after you click stop and squadcast i think was already kind of the, the fastest in the west um, uh when it came to like rendering but what this really another way to say this is that our video now renders a, like a little bit slower than our audio it's not quite as fast as our audio renders 
But I will say our audio renders like ridiculously fast. It's like oh, insanely fast, you yeah. know, for like an hour or two hour long file, it'll render in like four or five seconds, you know, some ridiculousness. So now we're seeing videos, uh, you know, render in just a few more seconds than that. And that's just, it's like ridiculously fast. I don't know how else to say it. And it help, look, it really helps with, with post-production, you know, particularly if you've got tight turnarounds. Now, one, one question I just wanted to make sure I'm clarified, because from the last time we spoke, and we'll put a link to Zach's previous appearance in the show notes, but because of a progressive up, uploads, your guest isn't necessarily having to hang around at the end of a call, unless they've got really slow internet. Is that a fair... Yeah. And now, uh, now we have even gone beyond that point. And what you said is true. Most networks, most things that we see, nobody has to wait around, even for video. It'll just, your network can essentially keep up with how quickly your recording, uh, is uploading in the background every few seconds. And, um, but as you can imagine, like physics, right? So, like bandwidth limits apply, things like this, uh, are sometimes, out of our control. And in those cases, we'll just kind of like buffer. And now we even tell you and everybody else how much more is needed to upload. We estimate that's going to take this long. Uh, most people don't see that, but it, in the case where you do need to see it, it's really helpful to have that transparency to say, okay, this is going to take, you know, two more minutes to finish up. And meanwhile, I can actually now in, in, uh, you know, one of the minor updates we release after V5, uh, now you can actually just the entire time you're recording, you can watch the uploads happen uh, as they happen in the recording sidebar while you're in the studio. And, uh, I just want to point this out because it's in stark contrast to how some of our competition, uh, like I think all of them, you don't even get your recording while you're still in the studio. With Squadcast, you get your recording as soon as you click start record, let alone click stop. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that gives, you know, it gives me as a creator, and I've heard, I hear over and over from the creators that we serve that it gives them confidence to know that, okay, this file is uploading. I see it happening. I can even now preview that file while I'm still recording that file, which is just bananas, you know, how, how is that possible? <laughs> so, well, do you, it's do you uh, remember, so cool. Do you remember the movie Spaceballs uh, where they're, they're watching the movie that they're making? Yeah, exactly. That's the vibe that it kind of gives you, right? It's like, it's, uh, I mean, it's super cool because we always recommend recording like uh, a sound check, you know, a little quality assurance to make sure I'm, I'm using the device, my mic, my camera that I expect that my, my VPN's not blocking something or, you know, any of that weirdness. Like, or in the case of our last session trying to record, my router. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is not, I've not publicly announced this before. The last time me and Zach tried to record, I was trying to use a Microtik router, brand new to me, and it would just, would not let us connect. I had to go back to uh, the Vodafone so IAP router. It was really weird. I'm now not using that router. So, but I can say for certain, Ubiquiti's edge routers do work perfectly with Squadcast. And look, I'm not, by the way, suggesting for one second that routers should not play nice with Squadcast, but Microtik are just a bit odd. So, <laughs> um, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm looking at this now, and literally I can see, you know, um, that I've got my audio 100%, my video 100%. I can preview. Uh, I can see what recordings we've got. It, 
really does as a, as a content producer it gives me so much confidence. Now, look, I've had VOD issues. And do you know what? Most of the issues have been because of people's audio interfaces, not Squadcast. So, you know, I had a guest where they had to keep restarting the audio interface. It's, uh, again, I'm being... Interesting. Well, I've experienced it with certain interfaces seem to, that are USB 2, seem to play weirdly, uh, and it tends to be Behringer interfaces. Hmm. my experience um interesting which is why the vocaster one is such a good option Um, (laughs) i also find that cables and ports are non-trivial we've had uh we've had a number of times in support where plugging it into the usb right next door was fine this usb port crackles uh or oh hey i swapped it out for a different usb cable and now it's fine uh so i think these are these are the things that we tend we tend to focus on our boxes, right? But it's like the things that connect our boxes <laughs> are part of the signal chain too, right? So I'm working on a whole, this is top of mind for me, I'm working on a whole video series on signal chains uh, for audio and video. Oh, nice. Because I just find that it's one of those things that um, will help serve a lot of people as creators. Well, you know, li- I mean, literally we talk about video signal change um, and this is you know, completely how the sausage is made. Right now, I'm not seeing Zach's face. I'm seeing a, a thing that says EOS webcam utility because Canon's webcam driver for their camera is, shall we say, a little bit wonky? It's it's buggy at best, yeah. And I'm testing it out because of my own setup, but because of our customers, like, use this software too. And I like to, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend the Blue Yeti mic, but I have one on my shelf right behind me because I, I test. They're very popular. Yeah, the weird thing about the Canon is that it, I, I seem fine in their software, even though I've restarted it. But like, it's not coming through in the browser just yet. Uh, so, yeah, it's a bit bit weird. And I might have to switch back to my CamLink uh, 4K kind of uh, capture card setup, which I was trying to simplify my setup and remove an extra cable and adapter and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't think this Canon software is quite ready for prime time. No, I mean, I know Jay, she could use the Sony software, but she uses a CamLink 4K. Uh, me and Jay have literally been figuring out how to move her setup over to her, to her mic entirely. So that's been a lot of hubs and cables and stuff. So, but yep. going, going back to content creation, you know, I, you know, having all that power, you know, you could do, you know, tutorial videos, maybe educational content using screen sharing and having the highest quality recordings. I did a training course early this year. And to say that I was disappointed with the recordings that came out of Teams would be an understatement. <laughs> Teams. Microsoft uh, records their content um, for their podcasts and stuff on, on Squadcast. So I think that says uh, <laughs> says quite a lot about uh, Teams or Skype or something like that. Let Look, and we are not by any means disparaging these as communications platforms because they are. Teams is wonderful as a comms platform, but they are not yeah. a cloud recording studio, whereas Squadcast is. And I think that's the biggest piece of advice. Look, if you're serious about your content creation, and we're both Christians, and I think, is it fair to say churches are some of the worst culprit at culprits for it'll do? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. About that. Uh, well, because there's, there's been a thing that's been st- um, going around on TikTok about a church down in Texas that's gone all like theatre production for the Christmas stuff with like a drummer boy mm. on a on a wire on a fl- um, you know like a fly wire <laughs> thing, like an actual guy 
on like you know like flight flight rig i hope there's a safety system i hope so too i hope we're not just praying i mean yeah that will work but <laughs> but, but my point being look i i know that during the pandemic so many people so many churches resort use zoom to record like interviews and segments like no no like please because the quality's awful i'll go farther james and say that the uh the U.S. federal government um, records a number of very important content in terrible quality conditions. Like, you know, it's not really very entertaining content, but the the January sixth hearings for, um, you know, the debacle that's gone on in in um, in my country. Um, there's a number of remote recordings in there that are just like abysmal quality. It's like not even, not even close to Squadcast. And it's like, wow, um, these are important testimonies by important people with all the resources in the world and, uh, and going to be watched by millions of people and in the archives and all the things. And yeah, good enough is apparently uh, good enough for our uh, federal IT staff. There you go. This is a really Squadcast is a great tool for all sorts of recordings. It's like, we are, I'm going to probably start using it more for actual video creation because it's so much simpler in a lot of cases than setting up. And it's worth, of course, mentioning that Apple's continuity camera feature that came about in Ventura and iOS 60. Yeah, have you tried it? Yeah. Isn't it cool? Yeah, it is. It, it's pretty It's pretty cool. I've, I've tried it. I've tried Camo. Uh, we're friends with the, the team over there and... They, we worked with them on official support for, for their app. So, oh, nice. um, that was really cool. And then to see Apple make it even that much more ubiquitous and available for people because, yeah, these are some of the best cameras people have in their setup. And, um, to not use it for content creation, I mean, I just think about a lot of things in technology where like our devices kind of act like they're the only device that we use. But in reality, we use like a team of devices at any given point in time. And, they could do very interesting things together, not just kind of annoy us with more notifications, <laughs> right? Like we can, uh, we can not just fix the annoying stuff, but give them kind of superpowers, right? Like I would love for my computer to be able to run workloads on my phone while it's sitting idle because this thing's basically a supercomputer. You know, why, why can't they be, you know, uh, collaborative in that way? Well, I mean, you know, I've got an Intel iMac at the moment, but I know that in a lot of cases, my iPad, which is uh, the fourth gen Air, and my phone, mm-hmm. a 13 Pro, probably in some ways have better ML and better yeah. GPUs. As, as you said, it's it's incredible. Now, we talk about content creation. It's something that, uh, you know, me and Jay, as we've said, are getting ready to start streaming. But Squad, Squadcast doesn't really do streaming, and it? Yeah, what's... I'm curious, uh, your thinking there, your plan there, because we're, we're, we're asking creators. You've probably seen in the, in the squad pod community, we ask like, you know, how are people doing live? Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you streaming to? What's that like as part of your content strategy? Because yeah, it's, it's, it's not out of the, out of the, the question or maybe even obvious for Squadcast or an app like Squadcast to add, you know, the ability to, to, to stream. Um, so maybe we can just kind of talk about this now, uh, yeah, for, for your audience. I don't know if that would be cool to, to hear, but I'm up for that. Uh, let's, let's do it. So look, so, um, okay. cross, crosswise streaming. What are you thinking? Well, so crosswise streaming is very simple. We, we're calling this crosswise live and 
being really honest, it is mostly a relaunch of Jay's content strategy, Jay's Twitch streams. Jay has not, she's not abandoned the Frasley brand, but we're morphing the Frasley brand into Crosswise Live. And me and Jay will be doing combined streams. We'll be doing streams independently. And it's going to be a lot of gaming content, but it's also going to be a lot of tech help content. Mostly to Twitch as the destination? Well, right. We're going to be streaming to Twitch. But um, there's two use cases. Now, the slight problem with... Well, not the slight problem with Twitch. The challenge with Twitch is always about... Actually, let me rephrase that. It's not a Twitch challenge, because Twitch is effectively just an endpoint that you send video up to, an audio, using uh, RT... MP. RTMS, yeah. But OBS... Now, there are tools where I could bring Jane to OBS, uh, OBS Ninja being one of them, that's cloud recordings again. So I would only ever have ah. Jay's. Now, it does use WebRTC, which is great, but it, it's, it's somewhat convoluted. But what we want to be able to do is, look, we haven't uh, finalized any of these plans yet, um, so don't hold me to any of this, folks. But, you know, we want to be able to hold these tech help sessions where, you know, look, uh, and Zach knows this because I actually, <laughs> I'll be really transparent, I reached out to Zach and said, hey, do you need any support, help with uh, with Squadcast? Because I'm, st- you know, I'm still looking for work and um, it's not the right opportunity anymore and that's absolutely fine. But I thought, well, why not use those skills to help the wider community. And so we're looking at a way to launch something. It's going to be sort of a combined live stream, then a YouTube series, you know, like a YouTube show that will be people calling in, you know, like, um, um, Leo Laporte's old stuff. Yeah. Like call, yeah, yeah. call for help. And I was just, like uh, yeah, I was just looking at twit on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. So we want to do that sort of stuff, but it could be gaming content, but we want to be able to have really high, because obviously, you know, when we do the Twitch recordings, we, we can put those off to, uh, to, um, to YouTube. They can go up to YouTube, but again, it's only cloud recording. I would much rather take the Squadcast recorded audio and video and produce something. So people have a live experience and that's our thinking. Now, Okay. <laughs> squad, yeah, what what could Squadcast potentially offer here? Could it just be something as simple as connect it to Twitch and have some fancy templates that go out? Or is there more that can be done? I, I mean, I guess we're brainstorming this live on this podcast to an extent, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um there's there's a number of things that we think are interesting here there's like there's of course the the public live which i think is is what you're talking about but then we also have the 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 private backstage experience now in squadcast Mm -hmm. so we kind of think of this as two sides to the same coin the sometimes you might want to go private for like your super fans or maybe just like this interview right we are yep um essentially recording this with just the two of us here. We don't have an audience, but we could have an audience here. Um, and that could be really cool as like a kind of a private, a private live experience. Um, but the destination is Squadcast, right? Yeah. Just to interrupt you slightly there, because that's actually something that we are building up our Patreon offering. Look, we are still a small show. I'm not going to lie, you know, and actually 
I got real encouragement from Ariel and from from Jay because there's so many podcasts. Okay, it's okay to have small numbers. It's okay. Just totally. keep on going. You know. I think with podcasting, it's more about the the focus of your audience than it is about like the size of your audience. So that is always something that I mean it it's something that advertisers are having to to come to terms with and learn because. Yes, the web theoretically gives you distribution to all, you know, most of the people on the, on the planet. Well, a good chunk of them. There's, there's a huge number of people who still don't have access to the internet. And that's a whole separate conversation. But in, in the coming years, let's say we'll have complete access to, 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 to the web. In theory, that's the biggest market ever. But in reality, we all kind of are in these little communities, right? <laughs> these more focused groups and, um, and it's it's more niche than ever. It's more personalized than ever in 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 a couple ways. And I think that's where um, there's a there's a bigger shift happening there, where it's 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 not obvious to traditional advertisers, but I think I think they're coming to terms with it. Absolutely. But going back to the point, one of the perks of our Patreon plan, or some of our higher Patreon plans, is going to be you can come and sit in on our sessions that we have because of. You know, we have 10 slots. It will be a, um, we need to figure out how we're going to make it fair, you know, so we don't get the same people taking the slot every time. Mm. But mm. there's all sorts of things you could do. I mean, straight off the bat, Patreon integration into a squad cast backstage experience would be incredible. Yeah. I, um, I actually was on a panel at podcast movement with uh, somebody from Patreon and that was exactly what we discussed. And it was like kind of the core idea for this because um, we've had the idea for backstage for some time now. And that was like our, our founding advisor, Harry Duran was like, well, I'd love to have like, yeah, um, a Patreon tier that comes with kind of that, that uh, raw access and maybe they can ask questions and things like that. So yeah, I think the, um, the private backstage is, is kind of one half of the coin and then the public kind of broadcast a uh, live stream outbound to a destination like Twitch or YouTube or Facebook. Um, or, you know, our, I think our, our plan is to support both um, RTMP as a protocol and HLS, uh, which um, I believe are the two, the two biggest options. Um, I forget which one is which, but I know YouTube does one and Facebook does the other, um, whatever. We're going to support both of those. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, give you the option to, to both go out live, um, while you're still doing your, you know, private recording session on Squadcast, kind of un- uninterrupted by the stream of the chat, you know, super chat or any of that stuff. And, and to your point, you get the same benefits of the quality. It's just that there's this other kind of endpoint that it's going to, uh, but you get that, which is going to be like, provided and recorded by whatever platforms receiving it at yeah probably very low quality or you know medium quality and um cloud and cl- then cloud cloud quality qu- ah, yeah cloud, exactly yeah. Cl- cloud quality, quality. yeah there you go. and um and then in addition to that you still may want to produce that that uh podcast episode that that youtube channel with more post-production with more time comes uh you know you can benefit from that by doing adding more value in post and that's where 
we do that really, really well with the technology we have today. So yeah. that's really great validation to hear that you're, you're thinking of growing your, your production in that way, because, uh, this is exactly what's been kind of intriguing to us about this. But a lot of times we probe, uh, James and say like, you know, um, okay, well, people ask us for live stream and we'll say, well, what are you doing to do that today? And, uh, a lot of times people, which say I'm not, I'm thinking about it. I mean, even at VidCon, we, uh, this is, you know, uh, a very different audience from the podcast community. Mm. We, uh, people were asking us about live and, and most of them were talk like planning to do it. They hadn't yet done it. And, um, and that's encouraging to us, but it's not like, there's not an actual like habit there for a lot of people. Gaming is the exception there <laughs> where, you know, gamers, uh, have been doing this for, for a long time. And that's where I think, uh, you know, Jay's background, I think if, if memory serves is kind of from there. But so, yeah, absolutely. And that's why Jay is, a lot of abs- <laughs> well, that's why Jay's our streaming coordinator because she knows this stuff. Jay has sent me a very clear task list of, of what I need to design very cool. for our screens. And that's, that's of course the other thing. Look, you know, when you're doing gaming streaming, you will have all your fancy overlays. But if you're just doing a simple call-in show or a webinar of some kind, then actually you maybe don't need that complication. Mm-hmm. Just being able to have simple controls in, or, or, you know, going back to what you said earlier about active speaker, you could give an option to say, hey, just make the focus of the stream be active speaker at this time. Exactly. Similar to what you get, We've zoomed. So there is a lot of potential. And one of the things that I love, and I genuinely mean this, and I'm not just saying this because Zach's here, but is the innovation and the willingness to listen. You know, Squadcast could, and, and the team could easily say, no, we really don't care about live streaming. We are a video and audio production platform. Go and find your own tools to do this. But that's not what you do. You know, you're working. One of the things I'm really getting a sense of is that, you want to be able to enable uh, the entire production experience either within Squadcast or by partnering with people like Descript. You know, people like, um, with Headliner releasing Eddie uh, yeah. recently, things yeah. like that. You know, working with Savvy Cow to have a Squadcast integration because I, well, you went through the process of our booking. I mean, a genuine question. How simple was that for you as a, as a guest? It was great. Yeah. I just, um, chose the time from the available slots on your calendar and that put it, uh, on my calendar and, and yours and created the squadcast session for us and kind of sent the link along, uh, in that, in that calendar invite. So couldn't have been easier from, from my perspective. And, uh, also, you know, every time I see that work, I'm, I'm very happy about it because I, I also, um, you know, big fans of Savvy Cal and Derek and yeah. the team, uh, there and we're part of some, a couple different of the same communities and, um, what they've built is, is really great experience. So the two together is like, you know, my perfect combo. <laughs> but, uh, I'm a little biased. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I, I love it. And the fact that we can add questions in, you know, it was something we got from, from, you know, your checklist about un- understanding people's audio, getting an idea of what people are going to be using ahead of time. And of course, you will see, mm. do you have headphones you can use? I asked that question. Worryingly, I do get a few no's. Um, but your echo cancellation yeah. actually does a good job. You, um, you put a video out on this recently. Yeah, yeah, I went pretty deep on it and um 
And it's one of those things that's confusing for anyone, everyone. It's confusing for us. Um, so I wanted to, uh, to really get that clear <laughs> in, on the record that, uh, what the trade-offs are of why. So, cause some people don't really understand why headphones, um, at all and what the trade-offs are. And it's one of those things that's like, it's a joke, right? Fix it in post fix it in post-production is kind of a trope amongst uh, video and audio producers. But, you know, it's a joke because we really are trying to fix it in pre uh, and really just avoid issues altogether because the amount of time that these things can take to fix in post-production is just absurd when a small change before you click record uh, can have a huge impact that'll save hours and hours of work. So it is non-trivial. Not that like headphones are a fashion statement or are comfortable or even necessarily accessible, right? Um, Even though it is 2022 and phones have been coming with them for a little while and all that stuff. But yeah, it's... um, it's it's one of those things where we just want to make sure people are making an informed decision because it came it became clear to us that people were saying, well, I, I love Squadcast. It was super easy, but I recorded. And when my guest and I talked at the same time or we laughed at the same time, the, the quality goes down and uh, that's a problem for me. So that means I can't use Squadcast. And it's like, well, that's actually because of echo cancellation. Um, which is only needed when people aren't wearing headphones. Oh, we were wearing headphones. Okay, cool. You can turn that off and you won't see that happen to your quality. Um, but you know, the name echo cancellation is ridiculous. It makes no sense. Um, and it's just confusing. So that's where, um, yeah, what do you think of the video? Is it? Do you think it, it it's helpful? I, I thought it was really helpful. I, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It was incredibly helpful. And it Thank ex- you. Well, because, look, Krem, your background, uh, yours and Rock's background being audio, being, I think it gives you a certain authority in being able to speak to these issues. You know, I know, look, it's why you've got, you know, a, such a good set of partners. You know, we know that you guys are very good. Uh, close with uh, the folk, uh, focus right guys um yeah yeah they're great they are i mean l- literally uh you know everyone knows focus right on the back of them coming on the show they sent me a vocaster one said look you need to experience this it wasn't a we want editorial uh content and you know no point by the way have you know all through our promoting of squadcast at no point have zach or ariel said to us hey can you change this you know you know or can you maybe you know do this we we have a completely transparent relationship uh, as we said earlier and it, it really is important i think it's something a lot of tech companies can could learn from um zach i'm very much aware of of your time and it's been such a great conversation i'm excited by what 2023 can be is going to bring for squadcast for crosswires and you know us working together if you want to check out more about squadcast find out more about what they're doing and if you want to sign up even if you're not a podcaster if you're just doing you know video interviews maybe for in-house stuff absolutely check it out the 40 dollar a month plan just how much is your time worth for quality recordings versus all the messing about you'll have to do in post to try and improve that quality? And I can say, even if Zach and my team weren't being gracious and giving us a studio plan, 
that would absolutely be something I consider because the amount of time that the Dolby mastering saves us is incredible. Um, honestly, I hope people have noticed the difference in our audio uh, since we started uh, using the master tracks. Zach, thank you so much for your time. Where can people find you on social media? I I haven't seen you on Mastodon yet, so have I just missed you? Yeah, not not on Mastodon uh, quite yet, although I've been looking at some of their user experience choices and was reading something by their founder the other day and, you know... Um, I think it's it's really interesting the innovations that are happening there and I I don't I don't think anybody really predicted like the disruption that might be about to happen in social media cuz it's fascinating stuff like from many angles so um yeah not not on Mastodon quite yet but uh but I'm on social uh, at Zach in space um on Twitter and Instagram and and LinkedIn, uh, ZachIn.space, if you want to check out my website. Uh, and then we're at squadcast.fm. If uh, we can help you record any of the content that we've mentioned today, you know, podcasts, uh, audiobooks, YouTube videos, whatever kind of content you're into creating, we can help you collaborate and connect with anyone in the world to sound and look your best. So your audience uh, can really engage with that content and come back for more. Um, so yeah, appreciate you having me on James. It's been a fun conversation talking a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the, some of the challenges we've overcome with our, our latest release being so ambitious and, and then, uh, and looking ahead, it's been really, really great to reconnect with you on your show. And, um, thank you for having me on as a, as a reoccurring guest as well. I'd, I'd love to make this a, a regular, semi-regular thing, if you'll have Absolutely. And, and as you said, there's a lot... Look, you know, you're a technologist. There's a lot more we can talk about. So absolutely. Look, I say this to all my guests, usually post-show, but I'll say it in the show. I've never had a guest who I've not wanted to invite back on the show. And I'm actually working to get some of our previous guests back on their own. But you know what? Scheduling is scheduling's a lot of fun. We'll put a link to Squadcast in the show notes. Um, in fact, if you want to find out more about Squadcast and help us out by using our affiliate link, head over to crosswires.net forward slash Squadcast. And that links to our fancy little affiliate link. Don't you just love 301 redirects in WordPress? They are wonderful little things. Um, That's and- part of WordPress. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we will roll the outro. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Wires. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net. You can also drop us a comment on the post or if you're a good pod user, why not start a discussion there too? You can find us on Mastodon at crosswires at masthead.social. And if a bird site's still somehow miraculously here, you can follow us there as well at CrosswiresMG. And of course, you can find the show in all the good podcast apps and all the really bad ones too. If you'd like to check out more of our content, head on over to crossedwires.net slash YouTube for all our videos and keep an eye on our Twitch channel at crossedwires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what you heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful you can support us at ko-fi.com slash crosswires. That is ko-fi.com slash crosswires. Until next time, thanks for listening.